You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast from your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. And yes, we are back to daily. We have multiple sponsors. Great news. Thank you to everyone who has helped in any way by downloading daily, telling a friend, having a friend download, downloading on multiple devices, or writing reviews. All of that is so helpful for a podcast of our size. I know it's probably up to literally millions of podcasts you can choose from out there. So I thank you for your support and for choosing this one. Um, let's, we got a lot to talk about today, but let's start a little with, um, some sad news. And that was the passing of Tony Fernandez today. Tony Fernandez, uh, or not necessarily today, you know, it depends on when you're listening, but the recent passing of Tony Fernandez. Now, not only is it tragic just because of his youth, he was, I thought he was, yeah, 57 years of age, um, when he, uh, passed away. So extremely young. And I know most people when they hear Tony Fernandez think about the error in the 11th inning, but the kind of the old cliche of, uh, you know, there's more than just one play or it's not really a cliche, but, you know, it's it, it feels like almost a cliched story because it's the fact is that the Indians don't even get to extra innings if not for Tony Fernandez. The Indians were up two to one uh, in the ninth before Jose Mesa blew that save. Both RBIs came from Tony Fernandez. You know, he came up, had the big hit when the guys were on base. Guys in front of him, or after him, Manny Ramirez was 0 for 3 in that game with two walks. David Justice was 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Matt Williams, uh, 0 for 2, two strikeouts, three walks. So he was the only multi-hit player. The Indians in that whole game had six hits. He had two of them. Uh, He had two two two-out RBIs. I'm not normally someone who would sit here and harp on RBIs. Uh, I think most of you know that. But in a single-game situation, yes, it does tell you something. Over a long scan of things, not so much. But it is also interesting, you know, to see that this is a team where, you know, Brian Giles was a pinch hitter coming off the bench. And you go through that, the the pitching in that game. And, you know, Jared Wright with, a you know, six and a third, one earned run, seven strikeouts, two hits, five walks. Austin Mocker, maybe one of the most underappreciated Indians from the 90s. Mike Jackson. Brian Anderson, I'd forgotten, had come in and uh, done his due. And then we had Mesa and Nagy, and unfortunately that's where it came undone. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. But I felt like, you know, this is the most famous moment for Tony Fernandez with the Cleveland Indians. And what most people think of is that error, which should have extended the game. But... Uh, frankly, with the way the Indians were hitting in that game, there's no guarantee that uh, they would have won. And frankly, the only offense really provided for them consistently in that game was by Tony Fernandez. So instead of fixating on the error, we should fixate on the fact that the reason we even made it to extras was due to Tony Fernandez, who hit in that World Series 357, 370 on base, 500 slugging. It was a heck of a series for Tony Fernandez. So... Now that we've talked about that, let's talk about there's some minor news, some some changes in the organization. Uh, Justin Toole, who is a former minor leaguer, most famous for playing nine positions in a game, uh, was announced on Friday that he, he was the Akron Rubber Ducks hitting coach. I always still want to say the Arrows, but he was their hitting coach. And kind of late in the year, when you think about it at this point, February 14th, I mean, players have already reported he got promoted up to hitting analyst for the Cleveland Indians. So the Rubber Ducks now need a new bench coach or bench coach, new hitting coach, but the Indians decided to give him a promotion, so they definitely like what they saw there. 
and he's going to get that opportunity. It's something that has to be noted when the Indians kind of all of a sudden make that move. Uh, I don't know if he got an offer to, to coach a college team or something like that, or if there was some pressure for some reason, because normally you see something like this happen earlier, but the Indians made that choice. He's moving on up and good for him. Uh, that'll be his first time in the majors. You know, he didn't make it as a minor league player. Uh, he was a great play, uh, great teammate, did all the right things. There's reasons why even when he retired, the Indians wanted to keep him around. Uh, and now he's going to be up there and part of the major league team as a coach. So sometimes the dream may not always work out for every player, but sometimes they get there in other ways. And I think Justin Toole has been for his entire career, frankly, um, you know, just a symbol of uh, perseverance. And it's good to see that he's he's finally going to be up there um, in some form. I think that's fantastic. So uh, last week I was talking about how I was going to have my mock draft drop this week. Um if you've been paying attention to college baseball, which started this weekend, uh, I always do a full count trends piece. I already kind of have it laid out. Who's trending up? Who's trending down? Uh, on top of Freddie uh, Zamora, the Miami shortstop, first he is suspended and then he tore his ACL. Garrett Crochet, who I wrote about in the mock and had in the teens, but talked about how he could easily end up being the first pitcher off the board. Uh he didn't pitch because of shoulder soreness, which is a concern after a velocity jump. His teammate, who I made my sleeper pick to the Indians, uh, Alaric Solare, uh, did not play in the opener as well. Uh, I've been a little bit under the weather again. I've had terrible luck, so I have not gotten to dive into a ton of video of late. Um, I have to check the rest of those Tennessee games. But frankly, at this point, my if I was looking at things, checking things, I was kind of honestly just looking at the starters. Um, I didn't go to – that's a lot of ums. I'm falling back on that again. Outside of like Austin Wells and Keston uh, Juristad, who had big games on Friday, I didn't get too much beyond that in terms of hitters. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get to go too much into it. Now, I gave you the – that kind of information that Solari would be the, the sleeper. So my main pick to the Indians was Mason Wynn, if you missed that piece, over on 24-7 Sports. Um, it's been a, a very successful piece for the site for the first time in a long time. Um, you know, Back when we were at Scout and we had the whole baseball network, every single article I wrote, I would get a Google alert from my name. That doesn't really happen as much anymore, and I got one today. So this article is doing quite well, and I want to thank everyone who has read, shared, um, done all of that stuff. But to the Indians, I gave them Mason Wynn. Now, Mason Wynn hasn't pitched in a while, and there is some concern there. We'll have to see how that goes. And he is extremely undersized, but he's, you know, if you could split a, a guy in half and be like, okay, this is the pitcher and this is the shortstop, like he's such a good athlete that he would be a short, a second round, third round shortstop. On the mound, though, fastball slider, it's a, it's a dangerous combination. Um, there's some Emmanuel Classe to him in terms of like that or or Brutus Star, Grat Gratrial. It's maybe he's a reliever, but he just struck me as the Indians like those premium athletes. He's got the fastball, great spin rate, and he's got that slider that's very advanced. Um there was another prep player, and I won't give it away yet, who I strongly considered with this pick as well. And that guy's who I actually have going to them with the uh thirty nine selection. When I write that out this week, you'll get to see the uh the uh, compensation, well, there is no compensation, so just the competitive balance picks will come out um, with that. But even the win right now hasn't pitched, and there's that minor issue. I mean, Ethan Hankins did not pitch a lot in his senior year, and the Indians took that risk. And there were people who took Daniel Espino off their board because of the delivery and thought that he was an injury waiting to happen, and the Indians took that risk. They, did, they, they scoff at such petty concerns. So I don't have much uh, fear 
uh, of that pick, even with the issues that have arisen in terms of him not pitching as much recently. So I wanted to go ahead and give you our newest part of the podcast, which is the fantasy. And this is the, on today's fantasy minute brought to you by the league commish. We're talking about Mike Clevenger. Now Clevenger was recently announced to have a knee injury. And that's why I kind of wanted to combine this together with that to talk about Clevenger. And I think his, I think, because he's got this knee injury. And the Indians said that it's going to be six to eight weeks until he's ready to pitch, I believe, right? Yes, that is what was announced by the team. So you go eight weeks from now, and you're looking, you know, if we go on the long end of things, you're looking in mid-April. So you're looking at him being back um, and not really missing more than a handful of starts. I think he is a buy-low candidate at this point. He missed significant amounts of time a year ago, so he's definitely, if, as long as he stays healthy, um, he's going to have more value, and people are going to be afraid of that injury being fresh in their mind, knowing they had an injury a year ago. This is one of the top five pitchers in baseball, uh, maybe top six, depending on how you look, but here's a chance to get an elite pitcher maybe down there in round four or five or six further down the road than you would normally get a guy who can get all the strikeouts that Clevenger gets. So take advantage of the fact that he's got this injury that doesn't look like it's going to cause him to miss a ton of game time, uh, miss too many smart starts, and from there uh, get an arm at a good value in your uh, fantasy draft. What are you doing for the game? A universal question. Whether the casual follower, the the tweets everything the beginner the diehard the stat nerd the smack talker the appetizer guy that couldn't care less or the one that makes everything into a personal competition we all have a place in sports the same applies to fantasy leagues and league commission exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you we match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league it's easy to sign up with as your preferences get matched and approve of uh, of that match before any commitment on your end. So they're going to match you and then you get to just double check. So if you sign up with League Commission by February 29th, you'll receive 15% off by entering the code locked on in the reference section of the sign up form. The first 25 people to sign up using our code receive that first match free. So run, do it now. If you want to try this out with League Commission, this is your chance. What are you doing for the game? Find your next sports league at leaguecommish.com. So let's talk a little bit more about the Clevenger injury. Um, it is a knee injury that is always a concern just because a pitcher like him, you know, it's you're going to plant onto that or you're landing onto it. And there's a lot of guys where these knee injuries can be lingering. Rather than get concerned um, and just focus on the fact that, yeah, I mean, Clevenger has a long injury history. Um, and he's going to then likely not going to be pitching until... M- you know, April, because we assume that if he is back towards mid end of March, he'll have some time in double A to ramp up before getting to the majors. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, there, there's the concern. He's, he's just not been a guy who's been able to rack up a ton of innings in his major league career so far. When the Indians acquired him, he was already hurt. Uh, we had 200 innings in 2018, but in 2017, it was 121, and last year is 126. 32 starts in 2018. I, I don't think we're going to get there this year. We'll see how it goes with him. Um, when he is healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So we'll see what happens, uh, how much time is missed. Hopefully he comes back, and it's like the, the injury a year ago where he gets healthy and is just back to being you know, one of the best around. We'll, uh, we'll continue checking out, seeing the reports of when he's coming back. 
we did the 26 man preview at the on Friday show and what I want to do now is like obviously Clevenger isn't going to be on that initial 26. So the rotation now likely goes Bieber, Carrasco, Saval, Plutko, Plesak. Like that I think is what most are expecting of how that rotation is going to go. Um, you know, you'll have some other guys out there who can compete like Logan Allen, Jeffrey Rodriguez, Tristan McKenzie, maybe down the line. I still can't see him earning a spot after missing all of last year and time the year before, but I think he will be in contention at some point this year. Uh, I mean, the depth is the greatest advantage the Cleveland Indians have at this point. Uh, so we'll see what happens. It's certainly a big blow. I mean, Mike Clevenger is one of the five best players on the Indians. Uh, luckily, it is in the one place that they have depth if you want to look on the bright side. It was uh, just speaking of you know interesting things or, or ways that uh, that from Friday's show, I talked about how the Indians didn't have to cut anyone from their 40-man for adding Domingo Santana. Well, they still cut Andrew Velasquez. Um, they obviously did not see much value. He, he's really fast. He can play a lot of positions. He can't really hit. Um, hasn't even hit all that well in AAA or for being honest. We'll see if he can pass through waivers. Um, it, it, he's just interesting from the perspective that he can pretty much play anywhere on the infield or the outfield, and he's super quick. We don't see much beyond him. The Indians got him from the Rays for international bonus pool allotments, which was likely money they weren't going to spend anyways. Um, the nice thing is Clevenger is not going to go on the 60-day disabled list to start the year. I'm kind of surprised that Naquin isn't. Um, I don't know if we want to look deeper. That that basically is the question. It's like, do we look at the fact that they released uh, Velasquez as Naquin's ahead of schedule? Maybe he doesn't need to go on the 60-day, or do we look at it as the Indians got a chance to see him and really weren't impressed? So it's one way or the other. But uh, yeah, so everything I said on Friday ended up being not true. They, Even though they could have put someone on the 60-day, instead they did not. They waived Velasquez, which takes him out of that whole middle infielder competition when you've got uh, Chang and Arroyo and likely Mike Freeman battling to be that guy. So those are the kind of what we've seen so far um, with the Indians. You know, Just to kind of recap today's show very quickly, we did some draft talk. We'll get into more um, in the following week as I get more into tape, as I write up more about the Indians. Um, you know, this is kind of my season where the draft starts to take a little more precedence for me because I've just, I love baseball, but spring training doesn't do anything for me. Uh, all it does is lead to headaches because people want to look at spring training stats. And I just have to be like, you know, Major League Two has a great scene. Now, you, a lot of people, yes, it's nowhere near as good as Major League One, but we're, you know, uh, Willie Mays Hayes hits a home run and Lou Brown says, yeah, if a guy who'll be bagging groceries in a couple of weeks or something along those lines. And that's that's kind of the perfect encapsulation of spring training baseball. Um, not necessarily that someone's going to be bagging groceries, but that there are so many guys up here who this might literally be their only time playing with the big leagues. There are guys who will be up there and playing who may never play in the big leagues, but they get this time in spring training as they're a non-roster invitee. Or someone who's just really raw, but he's already on the 40-man. So you give him that opportunity to hang out with the professionals and see how the professionals act, how they go about it every day. Uh, Sometimes for a young kid, that can be a great kind of wake-up. Like, oh, I need to buckle down. Or, oh, I'm not as good as I think. So there's a lot of players up there who aren't anywhere close to Major League ready. So we need to take any and all statistics with a grain of salt, both good and bad. Um, it's spring training. The statistics have no meaning. Um, so let's just stress that as that comes along, 
you know, the unfortunate passing of Tony Fernandez, again, he shouldn't be remembered for the error, but for his offensive performance. The Clevenger injury, like I said, you'd much rather it was anyone besides Clevenger and Bieber. Um, hopefully Carrasco is at full strength. Um, I mean, can't get over the fact that he pitched with cancer a year ago. That's amazing. Um, even if he's not at full strength, we'll see how far back he is. Uh, we can hope for the best for sure, though, there. And we're going to get a longer chance to see some of these uh, young arms and see what happens. You know, see if Plesak is someone who can balance out. I mean, the advanced stats showed a guy who was pitching a little bit over his head a year ago. I mean, Plutko. I, and that's kind of your concern if you want to be on the negative side with the Cleveland Indians. Just to, It's like those three arms of Saval, Plutko, and Plesak, who are all kind of, I mean, right now looking like three-fifths of the Indians rotation, pitched at the upper level of anyone's expected performances. Uh, all of them look very likely to regress this year, and you're counting on at least two of them to be your starters when everyone's healthy, and right now we have three. Um, we'll have to see what happens with Logan Allen. A lot of people are kind of shifting off that bandwagon after a down year for him. Uh, he's very much a forgotten guy relative to so many other pieces in Cleveland, and we're just going to have to see. It's a... Uh, it's a problem when you don't have a lot of depth and your owner makes you cut funds for the second year in a row. Um, all of a sudden, you can't pay for extra depth and you can't add extra guys. And I mean, they really haven't added that many pieces, even in free agency or those non-roster invitees. So we're going to really have to see how they make up for this. And again, you know, it's one of those things, losing a Clevenger. If you wanted to, who are the five most important players of the Cleveland Indians this year? It's Clevenger, it's Bieber, it's Jose Ramirez, it's Francisco Lindor, and it's Carlos Santana. Those are the five guys stand out. And if I put a six, I would say Roberto Perez, just because they have nothing behind him. Um, but, you know, it's the three kind of potential all-star outfielders, or outfielders, all-star hitters, and then the two Cy Young-level pitchers. If this team wants to compete after all the talent that the Twins and the White Sox have added... Uh, the Tigers have added a lot in free agency as well. This is not the same Tigers team that the Indians. The Indians got fat on the Tigers a year ago, and they, you know, there's a point where you're lucky. Like, yes, the Tigers are bad, but they're not as bad as the Indians. You know, beating them for all of those games. You know, the Indians outperformed against the Tigers. Their pitching staff has a lot of uncertainty, um, and this is all things that we just keep in mind in the back of our mind because the Indians entered last season. And everyone was intact. And then at the midseason, they made that Bauer trade. And I still think that a Lindor July trade is very likely. And especially if, you know, Clevenger can't come back all the way or struggles to maintain health. If J Ram struggles out of the gate again, if those three arms at the back all show regression, um, and not just a little, but a lot, I, it's a team that's kind of taped together. Uh, things could get very bad very quickly, is the unfortunate turn on this so we're just gonna have to pay attention there's a a lot of points where we're we're putting faith in guys where advanced metrics especially with that pitching staff show that they're going to regress so we're gonna have to see um what they do how they go about it it's gonna be an interesting year we'll be back again tomorrow i'll have another fantasy minute brought to you by lee commish talking about one of the five important guys you might know who they're all going to be this week already uh, on top of that, I will start going back into the all-time Indians talk. I still have that up. And now that we're back to five days a week, we have plenty of time to get into the all-time Indians. If you've forgotten, we talked about Tomi at first, catcher with Steve O'Neill, and then I have to remember uh, 
which other ones we'd actually talked about, but I think we'd only gotten really to those positions because uh, I'd remember if we got to the outfield because that is a fun place to talk for the all-time Indians team, as is the same with the uh, positions like second, short, and third. Uh, the, one could argue that catcher and first base are the least interesting for the Cleveland Indians. Again, thank you for listening. We have two ad buys this week, which is phenomenal. Um, that's just awesome, awesome, and that's thanks to you guys and gals out there listening, rating and reviewing, telling a friend, downloading even if you don't listen. All of that stuff helps so, so much, um, and it just helps push us up. Uh, our base MLB weekly podcast is now the number one podcast for baseball, so the network is doing well, and we are growing as a group, and it's thanks to fantastic fans out there like all of you. Thank you. As always, this has been Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Go check out my mock over on Scouting Baseball. Um, if you have the the curiosity to go do that, it'd be great. Um, share it with a friend. If you know anyone who likes drafts, and this is Cleveland. The draft is like Christmas to us, right? I mean, I was born in the early 80s. Drafts were almost like a national holiday, I felt, as a kid growing up. I think that's what I have to blame for all of this. Again, this has been Jeff Ellis. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Tribe!